If you brought your Bible with you today, we want to go over to Romans chapter 4, Romans the fourth chapter. And uh, for the most part, during our grand opening celebration this month, our services are normal. Normal in the sense that they contain the things that we always do. There's a few extra things like the video and next week some special stuff. And then most of the you know extra stuff is going to take place after the service and just some of the various things that we're doing like we're doing today. But we know this, that the, uh, all this, the building, the, uh, the things that God has blessed us with is really to an end. And that is uh, that lives are changed that lives are connected with the Lord. I, my desire, my heart, is not just to connect as many people with Life Church as possible, but to get as many people connected with the Lord personally so that you get all your prayers answered, so that you see His grace and His ability and His power and His peace and His joy. All these things manifest in your life. If that's not happening, then, you know, all the rest is done in vain. And so we're really interested in, you know, I don't want you dependent upon me or dependent upon the church, but where you can know him personally and not only just know him, not only be saved, but walk with him and experience his goodness because God is so good. I tell you what, when you, when you and I see him in his fullness, it is too good to comprehend. He, he is beyond comprehension, good and powerful and amazing. And there is nothing that you and I would trade in this world or in this life or in anything someone else could do for that relationship. It just really is that good. Praise God. The Lord's been dealing with me over the last several weeks, had this message put on my heart. I've dropped a couple hints here and there as to what I would be talking about. And today we're going to begin with this brand new series of messages from Romans chapter 4. Now, in this passage, the context, because we won't read it all, is about a guy named Abraham who had a situation where God promised him that he would become something, a father of many nations, that he would have a child in his old age. You know, he was about a hundred. His wife was old, but she was also barren, and she was unable to bear kids. Yet God told him in the middle of that, but this is what I'm going to make you. This is what's going to happen in your life. And uh, how many know that's what God specializes in, impossible situations? <laughs> and if you've never reached out, if you've never believed for something beyond what you could do in and of yourself, get ready for a ride. I tell you what, God wants to take you places you've never gone before. He wants you to do things you could never do on your own. And that was the word he gave to Abraham. He said, this is what's going to happen. This is what I want to do in your life. And he gave him this promise. And this is what we want to pick up on in verse 20 of Romans chapter 4. Romans, the fourth chapter, verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Now, talking about Abraham, he did not do what? Say it. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Can you see what unbelief is all about? You can see it's about wavering, all right? Wavering, meaning one day you're up, next day you're down. One day you believe, next week everything's a question. One day you're solid, you're standing, you're firm, but the next day, I'm not sure what's going on, what I'm supposed to do, what's really going to happen. He said that Abraham was not that way. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith giving glory to God. So again, we can see a contrast. Those who are strengthened in faith, they are not the ones who are going back and forth. They are not wavering at a promise through unbelief. 
All right, one or the other. I'm either strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, or I'm wavering, going back and forth and dealing with unbelief. Verse 21, and being fully convinced, say it out loud, fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. All right, this is the new series. This is the new subject matter of this message, and I call it this, convinced. Convinced. Are you convinced about anything? Uh, If not, I want to begin to show you the value, the necessity of becoming fully persuaded about certain things in life. When one becomes convinced, it produces a strength, it produces a motive, a drive that will cause them to do the extraordinary in life. Too many people live uncertain. They don't know what's coming, what's going, what's up and what's down. And concerning too many things in life, they're just not sure. And if we were to all be honest, there are things that all of us are not sure about. But we've got to get to a place where we become fully convinced about certain things. And then from that basis, from that foundation, we can take off and our lives, again, can become far more than we ever thought they could become. And so he became fully convinced in what God had promised that he was able also to perform. Notice the language here. It was accounted to him for righteousness. There is something about how you and I relate to God that when we are convinced of something that he said, when we are persuaded of something that he promised, it creates an alignment with God that cannot be achieved any other way. There's something that is right just about that. Not wavering, not, I don't know, man, I'm not certain. Okay, now again, I'm not saying kick you under the bus if you feel that way, if you have those thoughts. But there is such tremendous value in becoming sure, becoming certain about what is. For then and only then can we experience, you know, the result here. Uh, you know, Abraham wasn't always convinced. When, when God first came to him and told him, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm going to make you this. You're going to have this. This is what's going to happen in your life. He didn't immediately go, yeah, let's do it. I'm all bo- on board with you. No, it took a little process. But when he became convinced of what God said, that's when God was able to bring it to pass. That's when it was able to, to manifest and take place in his life. But until that, if he would have stayed in a, in a, in a state of, eh, you know, I don't know, I hope so, it might be, then he never would have become someone that we know of. He never would have gone beyond to do the extraordinary things in life. Being convinced of what God said gave him special standing with God. He wasn't convinced based upon he looked in the mirror one day and all of a sudden his 100-year-old body looked 30, right? All of a sudden, you know, Sarah was looking, she was smoking and (laughs) and looking good and looking fertile and ready to, uh, you know, replenish the earth. Uh, No, no. His conviction, being convinced inside, came not from seeing that but from believing what God said. That produced an outward change. It produced a demonstration of God's ability to change their bodies and bring to pass what he wanted to do the whole time. 
wishing or wanting something to be true doesn't make it so. But being convinced of truth will cause it to transform your life. Now let me give you a couple definitions. This word here, uh, translated in, in Romans 4, fully convinced. Greek word, the lexicon uses this definition. To carry out fully in, in evidence, it says completely assure or convince, entirely accomplish. It's translated most surely believe, fully know or persuade, make full proof of. See, this is good stuff. This is, this is where his heart got to. He wasn't there, but it became this way. There's something so important about getting settled and getting sure. There's a, there's a scripture over in, in Hebrews that talks about us having an anchor for our soul. The hope that we place in Him being an anchor for our soul. You ever, you ever thought about an anchor? You know, obviously an anchor will keep a boat from drifting during the wind and the waves. It'll keep it in that place where you want to keep it. Well, likewise, if we have an anchor to our soul, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. If we have an anchor for our soul, then when junk happens, when storms come, when winds blow, and things try to knock us away from where we should be, that anchor keeps us there. And it doesn't matter what's going on in this world. It doesn't matter what other people say or try to move us to a different place. I've got an anchor. You know what that anchor is? That, that's, that's like being convinced. It's being sure. It's being steady. It's being solid in something to such a degree that nothing of this world and no other person can move you away from it. And there are certain things in life that we must have that position. All right, the English dictionary says it this way, convinced, completely certain about something. It says to believe firmly in the truth of something. Now, if we're ever going to live our lives and be convinced about certain things, then there has got to be something solid, something unmoving, something unchanging in life, something that has been established as fact. Now, of course, we live in a world that change is the name of the game. I mean, things are constantly changing. Seems like faster than ever, things are changing again and again. Uh, You know, people come and go. People are born. People die. We're used to this in life, that things just change. Governments and countries come and go. Long-held beliefs are wiped out. Long-held beliefs are proven false. Now let me say this when we're talking. When we talk about being settled and established and not moving, that's when we've found what's right and what's true and what shouldn't change. There should be in all of us a willingness, a movability, if you will, to move away from things that are discovered to be incorrect. All right. Can a person become convinced of something that's not true? Yeah. Yeah, that happens all the time. And, and none of us are exempt from that. There's no one in here who knows everything about everything and is right all the time. So all of us, to, to some degree, must be movable. <laughs> we must be willing to be changed so we can anchor in the right port. So we can lock down on the right thing. But, uh, you know, if you ever... <laughs> it seems when it comes to nutrition and that kind of stuff, something 10 years ago was going to kill you. You know, but now you need it to survive. You know, or something 10 years ago, man, this is the healthiest thing you can eat. Everybody needs to have this. And now more studies have been done. Oh, no, this one gives you cancer. 
<laughs> or something like that. It, there is just so many things in life that are uncertain, that are changing, that we don't know uh, completely or for sure. But is there anything that is for sure? You know, there's a common statement in, in society. Maybe you can help me. There is nothing certain in life except death and taxes. <laughs> Isn't that a negative thing to say at church? Uh, <laughs> well, is there anything that is sure besides that? Uh, is there anything beyond that that we can count on absolutely every time? Here's the thing. Here's the principle. I can never move forward confidently. I can never move forward sure-footedly, swiftly, boldly until I am certain. Unless I know something as a matter of fact, I cannot live like I should. I cannot do things like they should be done in a manner that would be, again, productive, produce the most fruit. It's kind of like a person who, who hikes. They climb rocks and climb trails and, you know, climb. How many know if you're going down a mountain and the rocks are moving, that's bad, <laughs> right? I mean, if you're stepping and you're going down, or going up for that matter, and, and, the, and the rocks are moving and they're sliding under your feet, you're not going to quickly scale that hill, are you? You're going to be walking very slow, very tenuously to make sure that you don't land on your butt, to make sure that you don't go down the, <laughs> down the mountain with these rocks. But when something is solid, when you can, when, when your, your footing is sure, well, you can maximize what you're able to do in the amount of time that you can do it. You can go where you want to go. You just have a different mindset. It's a different mind frame. You can move quick. You can move sure. You can move confidently. But if we're not convinced, if we don't have that, that surety in our lives, again, we're just going to move slow. We're going to move in a way that is not very efficient. And so, I, I, again, I'm never going to move com- confidently until I am certain. You're in Romans chapter 4. Go to 14 with me. Chapter 14. Over here in this passage, I won't take time to read the whole context here either, but I'll just tell you what they were dealing with. They were, they were discussing an issue that they had with people eating certain types of food, eating certain meat, and, and also celebrating certain days. Because these people came out of what's called the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, and the Law of Moses gave them many, many guidelines, restrictions, gave them things that they could do, couldn't do, couldn't eat this, had to do this on this certain day, and just a lot of regulations that many of us know, in Christ, those things are done away. Jesus fulfilled the law completely, now told us to love each other. Isn't that right? And so all these dietary regulations, all the the days and so forth, really have been removed from the New Testament believer's life. But you can see how they could people could have an issue with that. If they're living under, you know, Judaism and, and they're living their lives trying to obey the law by the strictest sense and then the next day they find out the Savior, the Messiah has come, Jesus has come, He paid the price for your sins, He's alive. You can be saved now. You can be born again. You're no longer under that. You're free. And that's all great news. But you know, when the next morning bacon shows up on your plate, 
And uh, and your whole life you've been told, no, unclean. <laughs> you can see how it would be a little bit of a hurdle with some people and what they're, what they're going to eat and not eat. And so they were having this discussion, and Paul was helping them with this. And I just want to pull out the principle as opposed to dealing with all the ramifications of how they dealt with that issue. Verse 5, 14.5, one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each one be what? You see that? Fully convinced in his own mind. Notice he didn't say, let each one be fully convinced what someone else should do. (laughs) Let each one be convinced in his own mind. What is he referring to? What he should do. If you're going to eat this or not eat that, if you're going to Uh, do this on this particular day, if you're going to not do it on this particular day, you need to know what you're supposed to do. You need to be completely convinced inside of yourself. So why is that important? Why don't I just do whatever? There is something that disables the potential of your relationship with God when you're not sure inside. When you are not certain from the inside things are not aligned correctly between you and God, you will not live boldly, confidently, and so forth. But when you're convinced in your own mind, then go ahead. Now now look, look at uh, the 23rd verse, 14.23. It reads, but he who doubts, now doubts is that same word from Romans, waver. He who doubts, one who goes back and forth, They're not certain. They're not sure. He who doubts is condemned if he eats. Doubt brings condemnation. Because he does not eat from faith, for whatever is not from faith is sin. What do you mean? When a person is not sure, when they're not convinced of right and wrong, when they're not convinced of what God has said to them, where, who they are in their life, their place in this world, what God has for their future, when they're not convinced themselves, it's amazing. This is the opposite of Abraham being called righteous. He said when it's not that way, it's sinchous. Right? It's either righteous or it's sin. It's either right or wrong based upon what a person gets established in, in their own mind and in their own heart. Okay, let me read this verse to you from the Amplified Bible. We'll put it up on the screen for you if you don't have that translation. Amplified, verse 23. But the man who has doubts, misgivings, and uneasy conscience about eating, and then eats, perhaps because of you, stands condemned before God... Because he is not true to his convictions, and he does not act from faith. For whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin. Whatever is done without conviction of its approval by God is sinful. See, this is a powerful statement that, that he makes here. It is not about whether the eating or the celebration of certain days was right or wrong. Because obviously, I mean, that's another subject. But he's saying that's not really the issue. It's what's happening in your heart when you're doing it. What are you convinced of concerning your own life? And if you are uh, uncertain or convinced the other way and yet you do it, 
that's a problem. That messes this up. It messes this alignment, this rightness with God. Now, when it says he stands condemned before God, that doesn't mean that God's doing the condemning of that person. The Scriptures tell us that our, that our heart condemns us over in 1 John. If condemnation is coming to you, if you feel like a rascal and everything else, that's not coming from the Lord. He's not putting you down. He's not driving you into the, into the ground saying you're a waste, and every, a waste of flesh and everything else. No, he wants to lift you up. But your own heart will condemn you when you're not convinced of what you're doing. You're not convinced of who you are, your place in this world, what God wants to do in your life, of His plan for you. When you're not convinced, then condemnation sets in and you're just crawling down that mountain, grabbing onto everything around you, trying to hold on to figure out, you know, what's solid. What, what, what's sure and what's certain in life. Praise the Lord. And so when a person's not convinced in his own mind, it removes boldness in their life. A lot of people live with this type of approach. They'll say things like, you know, I don't know if I should do this, but I'll go ahead. You know, I don't know if I should. I'll, okay, I'll go ahead and do it. Maybe they're being prodded by someone else to do something. I don't know, but I'll do it anyway. That is, how I many know we should never make important decisions that way? The important decisions, we should wait. We should step back until we become certain, until we are sure, and then move forward boldly. Then move forward with confidence. Then act as if, hey, this is going to work. We're not just trying everything out in life. Are there some things we're trying out? Yeah, you go to the restaurant, and, eh, I don't know, I'll try that. Okay, we're not certain about that. You're going to try some things out. But when it comes to the major things of life, and when it comes to our relationship with God, our eternity, when it comes to what we're going to do with our existence, comes with big decisions in family, in finance, in business, we can be certain. We can get to a point where no one can move us away from what we've been established in. All right? Important decisions need to be made this way. Now, let me give you a, a few scriptures here. Uh, you don't need to turn to these. But, again, I'm asking the question, is there anything certain? Is, is there anything for sure, 100% every time? L- listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 5:18. Matthew 5:18. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. All right? Now, we don't use jots and tittles, but it's talking about the smallest type of little punctuation and little marks in the, in, in the Hebrew language. He said, everything is going to be fulfilled. Everything is going to happen. Nothing's going to uh, not come to pass. Do you know that, that, that in the Word, that God has taken what He has said And the Psalms said that he has even exalted his word above his name. You know the name, you know the name, right? The name of Jesus. The Bible says it's a name above every name. It's a name that heaven stands at attention to. It's a name that hell trembles at. The Bible says every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus. And yet God said, I've exalted my word above my name. That means anything that God has said, he himself lives by it. If he said it, if he stated it, if he said it so, then he himself for all eternity is going to live under that word. It will govern. Of course, he's not a flippant speaker. He's not just throwing things out there that aren't true, that aren't right, that aren't what he intended. But God has exalted his word. And that's why there is something sure. There is something solid. It's whatever God says. Now, now Mark 13, Mark 13, 31. 
Jesus said here, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. All right? Heavens and earth. The earth we're on. (laughs) The heavens, which are not heaven, but the heavens are the atmospheric heaven and so forth around the earth. He said, these things are going to be out of here, but my words won't be. These things are going to change. My words will never change. Malachi 3.6, God said here, For I am the Lord, I do not change. I do not change. How many know the very fact that God doesn't change means we can count on Him, means we can rely upon Him, means we can trust in Him. If He were a changing person, you know, even though the, the Scripture says this, how many know many people, many people in churches, many Christians often treat God as if the opposite of this were true. Yeah, as if his words pass away, as if what he says and who he is changes from day to day because maybe we've seen that in other people and we've all probably been that way at times or, you know, change your mind. It's even said that it's, some people say it's a woman's prerogative to change her mind. (laughs) We, We see so much change in life, everything coming and going, and we've pushed that off on God. We've made that our image of Him. And that's exactly opposite of what He revealed about Himself in the Word. He doesn't change. You people say, well, you never know what God's going to do. You just never can tell. He's just so mysterious. You just pray and just see what happens. You see what people have done? They've taken changeable man, fallible, sinful man, and said, God, you must be just like us. In that regard, no, he doesn't change. He says it, and you can bank on it. He says it, you can write checks on it. (laughs) He, He says it, you can count on it every single time because he doesn't change. And heaven and earth will pass away, but he won't pass away. This is the reason why we can get to a place concerning various truths where we are sure or not wandering anymore. We're convinced And when we do that, everything is right in relationship with that. God moves and manifests to bring to pass what He wants. This is good. Hebrews 13.8, it said here, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Again, what does that mean? We can count on Him. Again, what does that mean? We can be sure. We can be convinced. There was a time in my life where I was uncertain about many things. And, and don't let me, let me say this. I don't mean today I'm certain about everything. I, I don't, you know, there are certain subjects you could bring and my answer will be, I don't know. <laughs> or I think this, this might be the case. E- Honestly, even some Bible subjects. I don't want to burst any bubbles if you thought I know the, everything. Um, I'd like to keep that going, but too late. Uh, uh, no, there are some Bible subjects that you could ask me, like, how, how, about, how about when is Jesus coming back? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've got some opinions, though. I can take you to certain Bible passages and say this is so and this is so. But when you get ba- basically down to it, I'm not convinced of the particulars of that. If you are... Um, you should write a book. <laughs> should make some money until, you know, until you get the day wrong. <laughs> then you'll be mockery the rest of your life. <laughs> or one thing you could do, p- 
put it beyond your lifetime. <laughs> then you're safe. But listen, although there are certain things I'm not convinced of, there are quite a few things that I've come to a place where I'm fully persuaded. I'm absolutely certain. I know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, and the result of that is I reap the benefits of that conviction. It has and continues to change and alter my existence, how I deal with life and people and God and everything in my life, because I'm just sure. I'm convinced of things, and it's a powerful place because that is what God uses. That's, that is what he, he rides upon to bring His good stuff to pass, to bring His will to pass in our lives, not in the life of the person who doesn't know, even if they're sincere, okay? Because a lot of us, we could sincerely say, well, you know, I'm not certain about this. Fine, that's, you know, you're not a bad person, no condemnation, it just doesn't produce the same results as being sure, as being convinced about certain things in life. And that's where we're going to go. That's what, that's what we're going to experience on an increased level that we haven't before. And so, again, because of a few different types of evidence, I've become convinced about certain things. And those things have proven to be life-altering and it allows God to show up strong in an undeniable way. And it's a powerful thing. And I'm becoming more sure, more solid in certain truths, certain realities, and other things that I've been in the dark about. I just didn't know about the Lord's turning on the light. And as we walk this thing together, we're going to see things we've never even thought about before. And the more you're sure about, the more you'll see God move in your life. When it's right. When it's right. Go, go over to 2 Timothy. I want to finish up over here today. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy, the first chapter. Now, now notice with me over here in verse 12. 2 Timothy 1.12. It reads, For this reason I also suffer these things. Now this is Paul writing, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. said, for this reason I suffer these things. What's he talking about? He's talking about being persecuted for preaching the gospel. He was preaching the good news, which you would think someone would pat him on the back for that. But, you know, well, you know, some people did. It was called either riot or revival, wherever he went. But there was a lot of persecution for him speaking the truth and sharing the gospel. He said, nevertheless, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. He said, I have no shame. I am not ashamed for. Why are you not ashamed, Paul? For I know. For I what? I know. Not I wonder. Not I have this thought. You know, I got this theory. I got this idea. No, he's not living in theory land in his life anymore. He's not living in an idea. But he's living in a solid foundation of knowing something. When you know something for certain, you are convinced, it will enable you to withstand attack, in his case, severe persecution, it will enable you to stand in the midst of a storm. It will enable you to do things when others talk you down and say you can't, you shouldn't, that's wrong. But I know. 
You look at people in Bible history, you look at people in just natural world history, you will find the movers, the shakers, those that did extraordinary things with their lives, they became convinced of something. They were settled on the inside. This is what is. This is the way it is. And I'm the person to do this. And through opposition, nothing could stop them because of that internal settling, that conviction that came into their lives. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed. This is talking about his relationship with God. He's not even just talking about knowing a principle, knowing a truth, knowing a scripture, knowing a promise. He knew the person. He he had a relationship with God. And he said, you can throw me in jail. You can stone me. And he'd experienced that. You You can beat me and give me stripes and all this kind of stuff. And he'd experienced that. And he said, even in the midst of that extreme stuff, He said, I'm not ashamed of this because I know someone. I know whom I have believed. And that relationship was so real, so convincing to him that he put up with all kinds of junk. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. He became persuaded in what God was able to do in his life. Our lives must be based upon things we know, not on things we don't know. The more you focus on the uncertainties, the more they will dominate your thoughts. Rest in what you are certain of. Some people are, I mean, you might be one I'm talking to today, just question after question after question after question. Thank God there are answers, but don't dwell on what you don't know every day of your life. What are you certain of? Live from that foundation. Live from that place. God will show you more. He'll turn the light on in a dark room. He'll begin to open things up for you to answer questions. But we've got to live from a place of surety. Live from a place of what are we convinced of and know for certain in life. The goal is is to be persuaded of what is true. Like I said earlier, it's possible to be persuaded of or to be convinced of something that's not true. And we should be aware of that. Have our guard up. Deception is a real thing. Not everything is true, right? I mean, 2 plus 2 is 4. 2 plus 2 is not also 5. You know, if it's 5 to you. Well, it's five to me, and you just need to respect that. No, that's just dumb. Right? I mean, you know what I mean? Love you, respect you, but you just need a math class. Not all things are true. Not, er- not all things can be true at the same time. And so we've we got our guard up. We judge all things. We look at it. We want to be aware. But when something is right, we can become convinced of that And I want to share with you some of these things going forward over the next few weeks, how to become and getting established in things. And when we are settled, when we are sure, oh, glory to God, come on. Now now is when life really happens like it's supposed to. Now there is an intervention of God in our lives that we could never have manufactured or produced on our own. Amen, 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 amen.